honestly, I kind of surprised myself in the end because sometimes I'm thinking halfway through, this is not going to be good. Or it's, it's okay. It's maybe not quite where I was going, but maybe it's, it's better in a way that was different. And I've had other artists, when we paint together or maybe at our shows, they'll come over and they'll, they'll say, you know, that's really good. And I always think, I sound like I'm conceited because I'll be like, yeah, it, it is. But I'm actually surprised that it, it did come out. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no, maybe it's not that good but because I struggled at a certain point. I said, I've got, to, I've got to figure out a different response so I don't sound like I'm full of myself. But I'm actually just as maybe surprised. Oh, you know, you, you worked it out. It, it came out good. I'm just as surprised as they, as they are. You are listening to the Genesis Collective's Creatives Podcast. Welcome back to the Genesis Collective's Creative Podcast, Beaver County's first and only podcast supporting local artists, celebrating art, and building community through creativity. On this podcast, we talk about art and arts culture here in Beaver County with local artists. We continue our artist conversation series here on location at the Merrick Art Gallery in New Brighton, Pennsylvania. And be sure to check out our recent episode about the Merrick. It truly is a rare fine arts gem here in Beaver County. And our guest today is actually very familiar with the Merrick, as well as Beaver Valley Artists, which is an arts association that pretty much works out of here, Lori. Yes. 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 Our our guest today is Lori Fillinger, who um, volunteer here. You're a local New Brighton artist. Uh, member of Beaver Valley Artists. Yeah, I'm kind of everywhere. Kind of everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with this question. What kind of art do you do? Okay, it's um, fairly realistic, but definitely not like photorealism where, where it, you know, you can't tell it from a photograph. You can tell it has been either drawn or painted. Um, so realism. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually just realized not too long ago that I probably started doing art as a kid because of illustration and books. I read a lot. And even as sort of a 12, 13-year-old, I had, you know, they would be the books with the chapters in. But the ones my mother had that were probably published in maybe the 40s, um, back then, they would include either a pencil or an ink illustrations occasionally not every chapter but at certain points and these were very detailed some of them could be very detailed it depended on which artist was illustrating the book and it hadn't dawned on me until recently because it seems like almost every other painting I do I'm telling a story and it just hit me this is kind of what triggered it I wanted to be able to draw like these drawings in these books. And so I did start drawing and I had, I had very little to even copy. We didn't have the kind of magazines with pictures of people or anything. Our, our stuff was very, my dad had like, you know, you had the typical Newsweek and Time. Well, they had one page with maybe art stuff and I could copy things. He had popular mechanics and popular science. It was hard to find things to copy to draw. I did a lot out of my head, 
but I always wanted a reference. You know, where, what does an arm do when you're bending it? I needed references for that sort of thing. I kind of look in the mirror, but that's hard to draw too. Um, so that is, is there a term for that, that process of creating art from a model or a representation before you? Is there, there probably term? is. I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm completely self-taught. I know some terms from some art appreciation type classes, but honestly, at this point, I've probably forgotten the terms. <laughs> I'm sure there is. It was just, it I had no idea. <laughs> I, I just wanted to draw. I had, you know, there was no direction. I was just teaching myself. I was just doing it. So uh, is there a particular kind of subject that you do most of or you prefer to do? Animals, wildlife, uh, humans? It's always like a story. So usually there's going to be people. Women, I find are easier to draw or girls. If I need a man in my story, then I will put a man in. If you need a man in. <laughs> if I need a man in my story. There are occasional, you know, um, there are okay. times when, because, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't always, always have a story to it. Sometimes uh, there'll be a photograph and I'll just be like, I want to see, I want to try to capture that. I'm not copying exactly, but I want to use it. As a guide, I want to see if I can capture, I don't know, the look on the person's face or the background or something. So I will sometimes do that. But a lot of times it does seem to turn out to be portraying a story um, of some sort. Hmm. So women are easier to draw than men? Probably because I'm a woman. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard this before. I've heard this mentioned I before. Think yeah, probably... Yeah. A man would probably say men are easier. I think my son may have said that. He he does do some. And I think when he did, he didn't do people much, but I think he did do one painting I know that was um, dancers together. And I believe he said that the, the men were much easier. And I said, oh, I had the opposite. So I, I kind of wonder if it is a, uh, yeah, something you're just more familiar with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you're looking at something that you want to reproduce in your art, let's just say, for example, it's a picture of a dog, right? How would you say a, a golden retriever sitting there, right? How would you think, what's the process of, of uh, that goes on with you about how do you tell a story with a golden retriever. Okay, well, if I was doing a dog, first of all, we had golden retrievers when we were kids. Um, the one did not live very long, but the other one we had, uh, it was probably six or seven when we got her, and I was probably, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 when we lost her, if, that's, if they even lived that long. It, yeah, she lived a long time. Um, so if I was doing a golden retriever, it would be because I would want to be telling a story about our dog. That would be my choice there. I'm telling, you know, the story. Then with her, I can go back to almost anything she would be doing. Um, one time she chased down a motorcycle. She hates motorcycles. And when she hit, she hit the road and broke her leg. And the poor man on the motorcycle was so upset. And we were like, you didn't hit her. She, you know, she was coming at you so ferociously that she hurt herself. And we had a wonderful veterinarian and he spliced her back together and she was fine. She lived 
probably another six, seven years after she had broken that leg. So I might do, you know, it would be Teddy chasing the motorcycle. It might be, I think it was her that my mom said she would go in the garden and she would pick tomatoes. We never knew of a dog that, I don't know if she ate them. I think she did. <laughs> she liked tomatoes. So it might be, you know, her in the garden with the tomatoes right there. You know, you just have to hit something. Now, if you said a dog I didn't relate to, I don't know if I could put it into the story unless, now, if you said a German shepherd, there was a German shepherd in a book I read years ago. And I'd be ready to just draw the people in the story and the German shepherd you know, right there. It just comes to my head instantly. It's it's like there has to always be a story. Which comes from you, your past that's just, experience. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's just, yeah, where it's... And I think that's what I was doing when I was a kid. I didn't want to just draw pictures. I was... It was sort of a communication. I was very, very shy when I was a kid. Nobody believes me that of that now. <laughs> but I was very shy, very quiet, very withdrawn, and it was a way I could communicate, even to myself, but it was a way that I didn't have to talk to people um, first. It was, it was like an icebreaker. I'm doing this picture, and then people are always curious. When you do do art, especially as I got older and a little better, people like come over and they're like, oh, wow, you know, how do you do that? And that also, I, I took it from, as a little kid, it was kind of like a way just to just, uh, you know, I could draw me as the outgoing kid in my picture. It could be me, but I was the one that, you know, was the the kid who would speak up or whatever. In reality, I was not. And so I started there. But then as I got a little older and in school and stuff, it was a way to kind of fit in without having to do anything, um, say anything, without having to say anything. Um, you could create a world, you can create a persona. I definitely, you could... for a long time as a kid, I created my own world, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was awesome. Honestly, I could, I could, I would just do that <laughs> for the rest of my life. It was like, if it was possible, it would be great to just draw your own little world and, and uh, you know, you don't have to have the people you don't want to deal with. They're not going to be in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you find that your art tends towards the happier, lighter kind of subjects? Yes, it's always. Um, I think I did some probably as a teenager, definitely kind of when I would be going through something, um, like a breakup with a boyfriend, then the pictures would be a little bit sadder. They would reflect what I was going through. It's kind of like... A, Everybody follows Taylor Swift. I'm sort of like the physical art like she would do when she would write her songs about the boyfriends. I did the same thing with artwork when I was younger. Yeah. But mostly it's happy. Most of the ones, um, yeah, I'm, I'm usually doing a happy story. I don't want to really work on something that's going to make me sad. Those ones I did as a teenager, that was therapeutic. But I, if I'm working on something and I'm going to frame it and put it in a show, I want it to be happy. So I would definitely say I do happier work. Do you ever work on art? You get inspired. There's something, a story that you want to tell. And you get to a point where you say, no, this isn't what I want to do. This isn't, I, no, I'm, I'm going I, down the wrong path. Are you very directional in your art? 
I think I'm very directional. I can't say I've ever had a piece where I've stopped and said, nope, no. Really? Yeah, I don't think there's been, there's been a few where I maybe started over. Usually because I've forced to, I had not used, um, maybe I had just completely, you know, it was a medium that you could not go back and fix. And I, I just really messed something up. And I would start over, but I have never given up once that story's there or, or whatever, something I'm copying, even if it's not coming out exact, you know, I'm sticking with it because I, I'm wanting to create it to the end. Right, right. So you're not one of those artists that would create something and say, uh, yeah, I'm not really happy with it or, oh, that's not my best work or, well, you know, it's so, so. Are you one no, of those people? I've never done that. And honestly, I kind of surprise myself in the end because sometimes I'm thinking halfway through, this is not going to be good. It will come out at the end where it's, it's okay. It's maybe not quite where I was going, but maybe it, it's better in a way that was different. And I've had other artists when we paint together or maybe at our shows, they'll come over and they'll, they'll say, you know, that's really good. And I always think I sound like I'm conceited because I'll be like, yeah, it, it, it is. But I'm actually surprised. I'm actually agreeing with them because I'm surprised that it, it did come out. You know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no, maybe it's not that good. But I was like, because I struggled at a certain point. Um, I said, I've got I've to figure out a different response so I don't sound like I'm full of myself. But I'm actually just a, as maybe surprised. Oh, you know, you, you worked it out. It, it came out good. I'm just as surprised as they, as they are. Why does art matter? I don't really know. I think it's different to everybody. I think some people just do want the perfect outcome and it matters to them that they work so hard and they won't stop until it is perfect and they will perfect it and that's what matters to them i know for myself it's you know this storytelling um i can't really speak for other artists i think they have their reasons some of them um just thinking of people i know i know there's one person, he does like a lot of actual outreach through his art. I think it just depends on every artist. And I don't even know why it's important to a non-artist because I'm not. But I, I have family members who, who don't draw or paint. My mother cannot draw or paint. And she does collect pieces of like prints, pieces of art and prints, and, and she appreciates it. But I don't know why, because I'm not her. You know, even if she tells me why, I don't really understand, you know, where she's coming from. But would you agree that art, um, it matters to us as human beings, to our culture, to have art in our lives, that it adds something of value? I think, yeah, it just, it maybe just feels like an empty, you know, or maybe other people are actually, they'll, they'll buy art because they relate to it. So maybe they are feeling the same story that I'm trying to tell. Maybe they 
see something and it reminds them of that golden retriever. Mm-hmm. And they buy it and they hang it on their wall because that's their story of their golden retriever right there. Um, now, do you I'm, have expectations of that? Like, so, so when you create something, do you have a sense that, oh, this is what I want the audience to feel, to perceive, to react to? Or are you the type of artist that says, that's out of my hands? Whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like them to, to feel the happy or what, or, but obviously, they're not going to know my story. Some, if, I, if I'm talking to them, say, at a show or something, I might tell them. You know, I've had people, I'm like, oh, this is based on, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't want them to look, say, at my dog picture and even necessarily relate. Maybe they never had a golden retriever. Maybe they wanted one. Yeah, whatever they feel, I would prefer they just feel something. I, I don't want to try to control their reaction to the art. I think that has to be, that has to come from one, whatever they're thinking or feeling. Right. Yeah, I, I would never want to try to control them. I will tell, I will, if I'm, like I said, I'm, if I'm talking to someone about mine, either mention where the idea came from. And a lot of times people will ask where the idea came from. I'll be like, oh, there's this book. I've even loaned one, one um, friend. I loaned her the book. It sort of inspired the painting, but I didn't even realize it at the time until it was done that I had kind of recreated something from this book. And I think it was in my subconscious all along, but not purposely. Like I didn't say I'm going to illustrate this seen from this story. You don't refer to yourself as an illustrator? I hadn't really thought of it until recently because I just it just I just made the connection to the childhood books just within the last year or two. It dawned on me that's what I'm doing. In my mind, maybe because these books were all illustrated in black and white. So I think the black and white was illustration. And that was all I did up until my 20s. And then in my 20s, I got married. And then in my 30s, I had kids. And I hadn't done any art for years. And then as my kids got bigger is when I found that BVA had been meeting here all this time. And I had lived a block away and I didn't know it. Because <laughs> when the kids were babies, I could have had maybe mom's night out if I had known. Um, once a month at the Beaver Valley Artist was meeting right here. And I could have come, but they were bigger. By the time I did come, I didn't have to worry about whether dad was home or not. They would be fine, you know, for a couple hours. And it was at that point then, because Beaver Valley Artists, we meet once a month. And we will have an artist come and demonstrate. And they will maybe be a watercolor artist, or they'll be an oil artist, or they'll do animals, or they'll, you know, whatever it is they do. And so up to that point, I had only done pencil drawings. That's all I had ever done. I had never worked in color. And the first two BVA meetings I came to were both watercolor artists. One did, he called it streetscapes, because he did like city street. They were landscapes, but they were in the city. And the second one did portraits. And I bought about five or six tubes of watercolors that she used in her portraits and sat down and did some portraits. They weren't very good, but started messing with watercolor portraits. 
usually, like I said, there's a person in my paintings, but then the background was sort of like his streetscape. So I took his information and kind of started working more in color. And honestly, I now do um, the watercolors. I learned pastel. We had actually one of our members did a pastel demonstration at one of our meetings. And I went out and bought pastels. And I really like them because they are drawing. You are drawing. The painting with the brush is different than oh, having always drawn. And we've had a number of oil artists, but I don't like chemicals. I, uh, my brushes would be a mess. They would be a hard lump. I wouldn't want to clean them. And they also have these water-soluble oils. And we had an artist come to do a demonstration, and she had actually gone from the regular chemical oils to the water-soluble because I think she was having issues with the chemical smells and stuff bothering her, and she did a demonstration. So I went out and bought tubes of the water-soluble oils and started doing some, some oil work too. So I sort of bounce around between the mediums. But all the color information I have picked up just from our Beaver Valley artist demonstrations where they, they will talk they will talk how to put colors together. I had some color theory in classes, more discussing famous artwork and then talking about how they approached it and, and the colors that they would have used and stuff. There was a little color theory, but a lot of it was just from our Beaver Valley artist demonstrations. So in a way, I call myself an illustrator, but in my mind, that's black and white, and now I've graduated and I do most everything in color. And so I guess I could still be an illustrator and work in color. I hadn't sure. really thought about it. Norman Rockwell, <laughs> right? It's one of the best yeah, illustrators. Yeah, that's true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. So being a part being a part of Beaver Valley Artists, this group has really opened up different media, different yes. techniques to you. Yes. And how's the camaraderie? So most it's, of you're all artists, right? Yeah, you come. It's wonderful. It's it's a family. We are like a huge family. You'll have a personal some a death in the family or something, you know, and we all come together or or an illness and and everybody, you know, we we bring a card and everybody signs the card and it goes to to whoever. So it, it's definitely a family. And they're all different, and they're working in all different mediums. Right now, we'd love to have some younger people join us. It is mostly an older group, but maybe that happens. The younger people are busy working, and, you know, family, I didn't get over here when I was, you know, had, had three babies at home. But it, it, it doesn't even seem to matter, though, the difference in the age, you know, you don't think about it. The content of the group how would you describe it? And what I mean by that is, do you have a range? Do you have people who are doing still life, fruit on a table, for example, and do you have people who are doing iconoclastic, disruptive art in any way, provocative art in any way, or is it sort of down the middle? I think probably the majority of the artists in the Beaver Valley Artists are pretty, I guess, classical realistic. We have our still life artists. We have quite a few. We have a few abstract, not many. We don't have as many of the abstract artists. 
but we do have a few. I don't think we have anybody really wild and pushing the envelope, but doesn't seem to be. Um, I don't know if it's because it's Beaver County. If it is, the average age of the group is older. So there isn't anything, yeah, really. The abstracts are, they're just abstract. There's nothing like, really like, whoa, you know, what what were they doing? Yeah, we don't have a, any artists on that line at the moment. It would be great if they'd want to join us. Would the group be receptive? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I guess it would depend on the personality of the person, too. You know, would they maybe feel they would need another more out there abstract person? Would they, you know, would they would they want to? Because it, it, we are a, a, a bigger group of, you know, maybe our personalities reflect our artwork. But we would definitely be receptive. Yeah, I think it would be kind of fun to mix it up and add add some different stuff. I'm probably not going to do it because that's just not my art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a political art with a yeah. you know, like message. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that kind of... Um, that right now is a little tense, maybe maybe not quite that that way. Yeah, I have no idea how how the group and how they would fit into the group because we do tend to, with the programs, we try to have the majority of the artists are maybe doing something. Every once in a while we'll pull something that maybe only one or two artists concentrate on, but we're trying to bring an artist in that the majority are going to take something from mm -hmm. the demonstration. However, you can take, you know, they can do a demonstration on still life. I'm not going to paint still life, but they're talking about lighting or they're talking about mixing colors. And I'm going to get information on that for what I'm working on. I think anybody could sit through a demonstration and take something away if they're able to do that. I think some people can, and some people are like, okay, we're doing still life today. I have to go home and paint a still life painting to get anything out of it. So there's a focus on the formalistic side of art, right? The attributes of light and texture and, you know, paint itself, canvases, right? There's a, the group kind of focuses on that more than anything else. Is that a fair, yeah. uh, as, as opposed to like taking up um, themes of uh, society or whatever? Yeah. The demonstrations, it's funny, it kind of depends on who we can find that will come and demonstrate. I mean, we do pay the artist. I try to get people down in Pittsburgh and stuff to bring them up when it gets them into the gallery because we meet up in the main gallery with all those paintings. Yeah. And if they've never been here, they just walk in. And I like to be there when the artist speaker comes in and they walk in to the gallery and see all those paintings up there just to see their expression. So, like I said, the first two months that I joined, it was two watercolors in an artists in a row well that's that's who they were able to get lined up were those two people um the one we had a man who he's down in pittsburgh and he does pointillism which is the little dots and his work is fantastic and i asked him to do a program and he said well i'm not gonna come and sit there and do you know dot 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 for two hours <laughs> you're all going to be really bored. But he brought a lot of his work, 
and he set it up and he would talk about, you know, what he did. And he told us about the paper he, he uses and about the pen, the type of pens he uses and, you know, how he goes about putting things together in his work. So that was sort of like not a painter in, I mean, he obviously draws out his thing first, but that was like a very, very different medium. I had done a couple of those when I was younger in black and white. I had never done it in color, so I wanted to see how he arranged his color, how he handled it. And um, actually, another woman in the group, she's been doing a lot of points since he had come. So he kind of, I think she got kind of inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And your group, by and large, is um, it's canvas work, except for uh, James Tobin does digital work which is kind of yeah the watercolor is on watercolor paper that's not on canvas or canvas i'm sorry but But, i I mean um, like two-dimensional canvas or paper yeah do you have sculptures we have we have one sculpture who has joined us i think last year he joined us but he was like on vacation at the time of our show so he didn't get to put his piece in and he has joined us again this year but He's been busy. He hasn't been able to make it to a couple meetings. And I actually had him, before he joined us, I asked him to do a demonstration because he does does busts, and this was something I'd always been interested in. I don't think I'm ever going to do it. But once again, it was out of a book I read as a kid that the, the heroine, that's what she wanted to do, was sculpt these faces. The story was built around, you know, her artsy desire. And I got him to come in and do us a demonstration. And it was just amazing. We were blown away. And actually, I'm hoping to get him to do another one here soon as a member. And so he is our our 3D person. I think we have one other person who, I think in the last show, she put some plates in. I don't um, so she must work. I, I'm not sure how she did them, if she formed them from clay, you know, if she works on a wheel or what. But we don't have, yeah, we don't have many in the 3D. And photography? We do have some photographers. We have a number of them who, um, a number of people who put photography in the show. I mean, the Tobins that you just talked to, Jim. Uh, and we have another man who does something similar to his digital. Um, he also does... I think he takes photos and enhances them digitally. And I'm not sure if he paints and then takes photos of his artwork or if he's working from photos, but we do have another man who does that. I'm not sure he has joined for a couple years. And then we have a couple people who do enter their photography every year in our shows. Where can people find your art? Oh, hmm. Well, Beaver Valley Artists. Art show usually happens on a, the opening is usually a Sunday in April every year. So once a year, they can find the art there. I post on my personal Facebook page. If you want to go to the Facebook and friend me, I will go. Like last night, we painted for a, diff, a different group. And I went home and I will post my painting in steps on my Facebook, and then when it's done, I will probably take down the steps, but I will I will put up pictures of my painting just within, you know, the other stuff that I might post on Facebook. Other than that, there's probably nowhere to find it. 
I tried to do a couple shows here at the Merrick. I did the show in Midland at the Lincoln Park Art Center. I try to put something in that each year. And otherwise, I guess, if you walk into my house, it's all hanging in my foyer. <laughs> come um, on over, So I everyone. guess, yeah, call me up, come visit me. And uh, I actually work from home, so my clients do get to see my art because they walk in the door and there it is. <laughs> Great. Well, Lori Fillinger, thank you so much for sitting down. This is, uh, this I, is I love these conversations. Yeah. Thank you for sharing a bit oh, of your no process. Problem. Very interesting stuff. Okay, good. Thank you for doing this. This is great. To express ourselves, we have to know ourselves. What do you love? And if you get close to what you love, who you are is revealed to you and it expands. You start to see how connected we all are. It's so beautiful. In singing our song, in telling our story, in inviting you to say, hey, listen to me and I'll listen to you. We're starting a dialogue and we come out of our corners and we start to witness each other's common humanity. We start to assert it. And when we do that, really good things happen. You have to express yourself. It's actually super easy. You just have to follow your love. There's no path till you walk it. You are listening to the Genesis Collective's Creatives Podcast.